you recognize this song, Justin? Is that Tim Fleetwood on drums? <laughs> dreams. A lot of dreams. Did she are play this? Yes. Everyone went wild. Mm. I got a recording. I can give it to you and you I, can watch it. How much of that is connected to the TikTok? What, even, if, even if it's 20%, I don't care. It's deservedly You're so. You're so mad. That I, I am. That was Stop that, discrediting I'm their not. career because of a TikTok with whatever that cranberry juice was. Dreams. Y'all, dreams will be hopefully reached and achieved tomorrow night at the NBA draft. Victor Wembayama has dreams. I'm pretty sure that his will be achieved. Seth Greenberg, ESPN College Basketball and NBA Draft Analyst, joins us this morning. It feels like a little Christmas Eve for you folk that are excited to cover this draft, that know it inside and out, know these prospects. How are you feeling today? Doing great. Doing great. Life is good. Can't complain. (laughs) I love that. Um, What goes into a week like this for you? I know you've got a long history um, in the NBA and and, in college and and covering this sport. Um, Tomorrow is a a big one, and we kind of jump in and we get the uh, external look at some of these prospects, but you know what goes into a lifelong dream that might be achieved tomorrow night. Yeah, I think it's exciting for these young people. It's changed so much because uh, the process has been moved up. But if you think about it, years past, uh, you, know, you don't have you – know, in the last 10 years, uh, the NBA draft has changed because so many young players are coming out at the end of their freshman year. So they're pushing up the process. But, I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's it's not just for the players. It's for the families. Um, you know, you're talking about generational changes in families. You're talking about generational wealth. You're talking about – fulfilling a dream. We're talking about uh, joining the most exclusive club, I say, in the world in the NBA. I mean, the NBA is only 30 teams. There's, uh, you know, 12 to 15 spots on each roster. Uh, now, making the league isn't the key. The key is staying in the league. But tonight is a, spe- I mean, tomorrow is a special day for, you know, 60 young people. And it's a disappointing day. Uh, and a kind of a reflective day for the guys that don't get drafted. Yeah, no doubt. Um, when you do look at those 60 potential players who could go off the board, I mean, are we talking a strong draft, a weak draft? What's sort of the overall uh, strength of what, you know, the, the, the collection of talent that we're going to see uh, chosen at the NBA draft? And it feels kind of like a Raptors-centric question because the Raptors pick 13th, and if this, the draft is strong, they may be able to get a difference maker there. But if it's weak, I mean, it might be sort of slim pickings and, and going more on potential rather than surefire. So the overall strength in the draft, in your opinion, is, is what? I think there's depth in the draft, but the the, the draft it, it's top heavy. Uh, you know, you obviously Victor and uh, you know Brandon Miller and, and Scoot Henderson are uh, the pe- guys that people are talking about. There are a lot of ifs. You know, the Thompson twins are ifs. I mean, you think they're going to be good? They, everything says they're going to be good, but they played an overtime elite. They didn't play in college basketball. Uh, there are guys that are going to be get drafted really, really high, like uh, Taylor Hendricks from UCF, who just kind of blew up overnight. You got a guy like Cam Whitmore who played at Villanova but was injured. You got Derek Lively that was injured. You got Derek Whitehead that was injured. You got Nick Smith that was injured during the course of the season. Then you got guys like Anthony Black who's a really good prospect but doesn't shoot it. So uh, I think that, you know, the I think there's a legitimate depth in the draft, but I do think that um, there's, I think you got to, you got to, Basically, there's a, there's a risk and reward in the draft as well, like there is every year. 
Uh, assuming the pitch that he had last night isn't reflective of his overall athleticism, uh, the top heaviness of the draft might be top heavy itself in Victor Wembayama. Uh, just in your mind, how special is this player? Oh, he's ridiculous. Uh, you know, his greatest impact in the game probably early all be on defensive end is really to make three-point shots. You say, wait a second, the guy's 7-5. His ability to make three-point shots, but that's what he does. You know, he's still like 190 pounds. Uh, I, I just think... I think Victor Wembanyama is going to be a generational talent, but he's not going to be a generational talent in the NBA in year one. He's going to do things that we're going to go, Woo. but you got to remember, he went, he's going to go from playing 35 games to 82 games, actually a hundred, including, you know, exhibition games. And then, you know, add on that summer league, um, He's playing in a good organization. People say, well, it's perfect. He's playing with the Spurs. He is. But, you know, it's not Tim Duncan playing next to David Robinson because they don't have David Robinson. So, you know, I feel a little bit, and I'm not worried because he's so grounded and so mature. But I have a concern that, uh, you know, people are going to expect him, you know, when people, he's the best prospect uh, in the history of the game. There was a guy named, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I'll send her. There was a guy named LeBron James. You know, there was a guy named Eric Johnson. I mean, there there were guys, but he's special. There's no doubt about it. But I just worry about so much thrown on these kids. But he's got the he's got the maturity to deal with it. Yeah, I feel like that that's not an uncommon story. Even like you know, with Zion or, or some of these big names that get their opportunity in the NBA, it's like there's growing pains, there's struggles, and especially if you're like we're seeing this in the NHL draft next week as well. They have someone in the same boat, a generational talent, Connor Bedard, and the conversation sometimes can get a little bit out of hand. But it seems like he's mature enough, or he's got the right network around him uh, to be able to handle that. And, and we're looking forward to seeing it. Um, so number two and three is kind of where it gets really interesting as well. Um, you've got uh, you know Miller and Scoot. And, and I, I wonder what you think is the best fit at number two, not which player is better, but like looking at going in number two, number three, like who, who do you think might go second versus third? Oh, I, I, I like Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the, he's, he's had some situations that are tragic to say the least. I had a chance to do his game actually the day that story broke mm-hmm. at South Carolina, where I think he had 43 in a game. Um, but I like Brandon Miller. I, I think you know, some people say Paul George. Some people I say Kevin Durant. He's not as tall as Kevin Durant, but he's six nine with a seven one wingspan. Shoots threes, uh, puts it on the floor. Uh, very good passer. Rebounds his position. Uh, I, I just you know Scoot Henderson's terrific. I just I do have always have concerns with guys that just don't shoot it yet. You know, everyone says, well, yeah, he would become a better shooter. Uh, but he, his three-point shot is not consistent. And when I see guys, you know, is he Russell Westbrook? You know, maybe he is. And I think, you know, everyone says he's a great kid. He's been in this, you know, obviously G League night for two years and physically strong, great middle game. But I think Brandon Miller would be my pick. Uh, I just think he's uh, he's a little bit different. It seems like Brandon Miller might make a little bit more sense for the Charlotte Hornets, even though, uh, 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 given that they have playing opposite ball, there's no doubt about it. Exactly, yeah, they already have Lamella Ball, who they believe in, uh, and it would make a lot more sense to add a guy like Brandon Miller with Brandon Miller's skill set. But I do wonder, like, 
is that better for the Blazers at three in that Scoot might generate a little bit more attention if they truly do want to move that pick and support Damian Lillard? Uh, do you feel like Scoot will cause a bit of a stir at three and really get teams interested in moving up and making that deal with Portland? Yeah, I mean, he, the, the problem with Portland is, you know, Damian Lillard's 33 years old. He's, I think it's $120,000 or whatever. It's $120,000 for next uh, million dollars for the next three years. And, you know, to get a player like that, you got to, you know, you got to give up a good player. So like everyone's saying like, you know, uh, well, Miami, he could use him. But, you know, Toronto wants Bam Adebayo. You don't get Bam Adebayo. Miami Heat wants him so that you could have Bam and, and uh, Jimmy Butler and, they they look so, uh, and I know he wants to be moved, uh, but it, I think it, it's he wants to be moved if they're not committed to, if they're not committed to being competitive to have a chance to win a championship. So, uh, and all, all that speculation sounds good, but you also got to have a partner to make a deal with. Yeah, I mean, it seems like all options are on the table for Portland, who could go heavy in the rebuild direction. Maybe around two lottery picks would be very, very exciting and maybe the best move for them. Or they could trade that pick and, and keep Lillard and see where that takes them, even though there might be a pretty hard ceiling uh, regardless. Um, when you do look around the league, uh, which team do you think has the best position or is in the best position to truly make a splash, whether it is moving to three, whether it's just moving up into the top 10? Is there a team that you have a particular interest in as you look at you know potential draft? night fireworks you know i mean uh who was someone has three first round draft choices uh which i thought was absolutely absurd i mean uh you know i think when you have when you have value when you have draft choices um that's where you can you can ha- make some damage uh, and then the other things if you have assets like you know the golden state warriors all right, you know, you package Jordan Poole and uh, Kaminga with a draft choice, and now all of a sudden, you know, you have a chance to, you know, maybe improve yourself. The Pacers are the ones that, that, are, that just blow my mind. They're 7, 26, 29, 38, and 50. All right, so, I mean, if, if you look at the, you know, if you look at the Pacers, Halpert's a legitimate point guard. Obviously, you got Matherin who's a very good player, uh, you know, can you move some of those pieces to get, you know, to get a player that you need? And then, you know, I mean, like, to, to me, that's the biggest thing, you know, like, how can you make a jump? You know, that, 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 that's, that's the thing, you know, the Mavs at 10, you know, Mavs at 10, they're going to get an if. That's, that's just the way it is. So, but I think when you ha- when you have draft choices, Oklahoma City has a ton of draft choices. Can they can they use the you know package those draft choices? Not even now, but in the future, to find the missing piece. I think that you know, that that's the whole thing. I mean, look, we learn if we learn anything from the Heat and the Denver Nuggets. You need high character guys. And there's no, you know, it, there's no such thing as a real quick fix. You got to have high character guys, and you got to have some guys that are invested in the culture. You're not winning with 19 year olds. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to Seth. And that's why, that's why I say packaging, pa- packaging draft choices. 
Talk to Seth Greenberg, uh, ESPN College basketball and NBA draft analyst. Uh, we're going to ask you about the Toronto Raptors. Uh, lucky number 13, hopefully, pick. Um, I'm wondering what direction or is there is there somebody that you would circle around who the Raptors would be aiming for with that pick? Well, they need someone to protect the rim, but I, I, I would I – mean, if Jalen Hushafino's available, I think he's a really good selection. I mean, I think he's really. I think Jalen Hishafina is mature, playing a ball screen, shoot the three, has potentially be a very, very good defender. Uh, you know, you got to look and see who's, you know, who's going to be available, you know, at that pick, and that, that's like that's literally at the witching area. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because you know, even like the the freak athletes, like uh, can Derek Lively be available at thirteen? Now, Derek Lively is available thirteen. I mean, that would be an easy decision. To me, it would be an easy decision because you're going to get a guy with potential to to be uh, an elite shot blocker, rim runner, ball screen defender at seven feet. Um, just a guy that that has a chance to be really, really special. Um, didn't show again another guy that was injured this year, so became an, became an if. Um, I wouldn't go with Leonard Miller. Uh, at that pick, I think that would be a a little bit of a, a, a reach. Um, and I wouldn't go with the, the uh, NGI guy either. I mean, just, yeah, that would be a little bit too soon, even though they, that would fill a need. You know, shot blocking, physicality, front court player. But uh, those are guys that would I would I would probably I'd say lean towards. Uh, last one for you, Seth. I uh, just want to get your pulse on the Canadians. You just mentioned Leonard Miller there, maybe being a reach for the Raptors. You got Olivier Maxence Prosper. Uh, I love him. If you, if the best Canadian in the draft is uh, Prosper rather than uh, Leonard Miller, I I think so. I think so. The Leonard Miller's upside might be a little bit better. Maxence Prosper is a uh, good passer, not a great passer. Can shoot the ball. Has a floor games. Built for the new NBA. Um, you know, uh, has a really, really good feel and and just continues to get better. Miller's game is a little bit more awkward, uh, but but very, very good. But uh, Max Prosper is, is is a guy that all season long, uh, I watched Marquette. I thought he would, he just every game he did something a little different that kind of piqued your interest. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Always a bunch of Canadian content at NBA drafts, which is a great thing, uh, and a lot of interest at the top of the draft board. Uh, we'll be watching, Seth. Thank you for making time with us this morning, uh, and have a great broadcast tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's Seth Greenberg, ESPN College basketball analyst and NBA draft analyst. Uh, we didn't get to the Thompson twins. Mm. I always dream of the Sedin-like situation. <laughs> I wanted to throw that at him, but I thought, you know, we only have so much time. Uh, but... If they, if you could potentially get the Sedin treatment with any group or any group of twins, I guess coming through a draft, it seems like such. It seems so obvious, but it also seems so impossible. And it's a credit to Brian Burke, clearly, who was able to get that done all those years ago. And now they're both in the Hall of Fame. We were just talking about Hall mm. of Fames, but they're Thompson twins, Osser and Ammon, I believe it's pronounced, uh, are two twins, identical. Uh, they're very talented. Both expected to go in the top ten, maybe in the top eight. Is there a chance a team could get both of those kids? That'd be pretty cool. How many how many other twins have been in the NHL since Sidney's? I don't think any. Ooh. Put me on the spot. I can't think of any twins. 
Well, we got Caleb and Cody Martin. We know about Caleb Martin. Yeah. He's got Cody. I what happened to twins? Are people, not, ha- are people not having Morris? twins twins anymore? Seems like it's bigger in basketball. Are people having twins? I think they are. I actually have a friend that said triplets. I she did not know she was going to have triplets. Triplets is a lift. She went to the oh. she went to get an ultrasound early on and the the doctor was like, So Man, what a surprise that was. You are having not one, not two, but three children. (laughs) He's like LeBron James uh, all of a sudden. Not one, not two, but three children. Yeah, but anyway, she's all good. The kids are cute. Um, I should tell her to put them in sports. It could be the first triplets. There you go. Brian Burke would have to work some magic to get them all three of them. See, you can't make three work at a draft. I think two is a lot of finagling, but three is a... Blockbuster times three. Um, you raise a very important point about Victor Wembanyama. Will his draft stock lower because of his first pitch that he threw out last night? He threw out a pretty bad first pitch at the Yankees game last night. Uh, he's going viral a little bit online. If you type his name in, it was not the most athletic looking thing. It really seen. looked like he had never thrown something in his life. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not the basketball different skills route. But the biggest thing that was stunning about yesterday was there's a, f- a photo and a video of him holding this baseball in his hand. And I know we always, like, talked about Kawhi and the Kawhi hands. Mm-hmm. His hand engulfs this baseball, and it's almost like it overlaps this, like, it covers the entire baseball, obviously, but mm-hmm. it... It goes even further. Like he could almost his fit. fingers are overlapping each other. Exactly, he could almost fit two baseballs in his hand. Yeah, it's crazy. So go take a look online. It, it's pretty wild. I think that's probably the big hands, maybe more important than the throw. I hope so. Just, <laughs> I guess he might not be. You know, those long inbounds where you're going, you know, floor to floor or, or uh, paint to paint. Uh, I don't think that'll be his responsibility. Okay, we've got uh, Brandon in Tottenham. Have three-year-old twins. Can confirm people are still having twins. That's good. The Sutter (laughs) twins. Yeah, that's true. And Henrik and Joel Lundqvist. Oh, you forget about Joel, eh? Joel, I mean, Joel's not going to the Hockey Hall of Fame, but Joel Joel had a good career, too, over there overseas. Joel to Henrik. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stuff. Yeah. Also, one more here. Morning, Eilish. My son pitched two scoreless innings last night. Little League, you can only pitch two. Headed to Simcoe. Hell yeah. Have okay. a great day. All right. Congrats to your son. You can son. only pitch two in Little League nowadays? They don't want... They, can you throw curveballs? Can they, you answer that question? They want Are to they allowed to sh- throw Yeah, please let us know. They want to share the wealth. Let everybody have an opportunity. It's Little League. Okay. Where, is he going to Little League World Series? Let us know. <laughs> we will cover that if so. Okay, it's time for something to That's why you need twins so you can cover four innings as a parent. That's true. That's That's... Bending the rules, I like it. Time for something to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. Okay. The dream might be dead about Shohei Otani. The Angels are, quote, highly unlikely to why, trade wait, wait, Shohei. Why, why is that the dream? Well, you want to see him play on a different team. Like, maybe But what if here. the Angels are just good? Okay, well, that, then maybe you spin it Oh, you it think he way. might come here? Well, no, but maybe. The girl can dream. What's life if you don't dream? Highly unlikely to trade Shohei Otani if they remain in playoff contention this summer, says their general manager. They currently look to end their eight-year playoff drought. Mm-hmm. He's set to become a free agent this offseason, though. Um, he was just named AL Player of the Week, and he is leading the stats in, like, every pitching and player stat category. 
over home, there. Home runs and oppo- uh, opponent ERA. I think he was number it's one in baseball incredible. both, which is just nutso. Well, if the trade deadline is August 1st, if the Angels continue to play the way they are, maybe we don't see a different Shohei this year. I mean, it could come at direct expense to the uh, Blue Jays, who are in a wild card race with the Angels. I, I actually think this is the best outcome. Like, I, the last thing I want to see, I mean, the number one thing I want to see in baseball beyond the Toronto Blue Jays playing in playoff games and having success is Shohei Otani playing playoff games. Mm-hmm. Number one, right? But yes. I would rather he did that in Los Angeles or in Anaheim than in L.A. with the Dodgers mm-hmm. or New York with the Yankees or Boston with the Red Sox. Like, I want him to have success there because it's not one of the markets that can actually contain him, which are the ones that we are generally cheering against. So I am all for Angels' success if it doesn't come at the expense of the Toronto Blue Jays. But really, the number one thing overall is just getting to the playoffs, making sure this guy is playing meaningful baseball because he hasn't to this point. He said eight years. I mean, he hasn't been around Mm -hmm. for eight years. But it's ridiculous that a player of his caliber and his impact hasn't been in a playoff game yet. That's all I really want to see. But I prefer if he didn't play for the New York Yankees. We are talking to John Morosi at 8, so we'll get his scoop on the Shohei situation. Joey Votto in the Reds is a is a really fun story to be following right now. Uh, Reds are like the fun team. What, mm-hmm. Everyone's on the Reds now. Um, get Shohei to the Reds. Okay. Interesting. Nah. No. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so we do have Mark Stone joining us after the break. Stanley Cup champ. We talked to him yesterday. We are giving away Billy Talent tickets as well. We'll talk to John Morosi and Joe Carter remaining in the show, and we'll take your wake and rake picks at 590-590. But shout out to Sincerely Sleepless in Chatham, who says that people are still having twins. He has six-month-old twin dad. I want to hear from all the people with twins. If you have twins, text me. 590-590. I want to hear about your twins. Are they in sports? Like, how do you navigate that? What a life. Did you are they know? building connections that are just like unmatched on the field? Like, what was it like finding players? out you're going to have twins? It's the automatic two-man game. Do you show them the Sedine pictures and say, this could be G- be you guys, kiddos? Watch the NBA draft tomorrow night. That, there you go. I want them to end up on the same team. I want to see twinspiration. Wow. Wow. That's good. Let's take a break on that note. Mark Stone on the other side. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so apparently everybody has twins. Everybody? <laughs> Look at how many twins are in the text line. Eric and Innisfil. Oh, my God. I know. Eric and Innisfil says, I have one-year-old twin boys <laughs> and wife due with another in October, but not twins this time, so congrats. We've got, this one is awesome. I've got 13-year-old twin girls. They do competitive jump rope skipping together. They're best friends 98% of the time. Wow. Competitive jump rope. Can you send, like, DM us a video I want to watch? Because I remember jump rope for heart, and that was hard. I get cardio for, like, that's an underrated Mm. tough skill. So shout out to your twin girls that are probably so fit. I I feel like there's, there's like a, it's like a follow-up question. Like we're just uh, interviewing everyone on the text line here, but like, if you have twins to start, is it, are you reluctant next time? Because you know, the possibilities out there because you have like the twin double twins. Oh yeah. I didn't know. I mean, if it's in the family, it's in the family. Like you gotta be like, can we do this again? We want one more, but can we do two? Well, Eric figured out the recipe to just have one on the second time. I mean, one and done is a good thing. 
We have 21-year-old twins now, both in university. What a great 21 years. I also have a 16-year-old daughter. Oh, That's Clay from Burlington. Clay risked it. Wow. Do they go to the same university? Let me know. James from Blackstock. Wow. That's a new one. I have seven-year-old twin boys, both in soccer, and just got asked to join rep. Are you hiring? Going to need a second job for that. See, this is it. When you get the twins in sports, it's like, what if one's better? They have that connection. What if one's better than the other? Oh, no. Most likely one is slightly better. And like one's asked to join rep and the I'm other isn't. I'm more of a Henrik guy than a Daniel guy. <gasps> Andrew Muskoka, I'm a twin. I did not have them, nor did my twin brother. My kids are doomed, LOL. But write this down. Otani will be the opening day pitcher for the Las Vegas team. Ooh. Uh, Whoa. One, one more follow-up question. Are we still dressing twins up the same way? I think you should until they're like one's past the cut preschool. Off like kindergarten is cute, but like let them have their I, own I think thing, one, right? Once other kids can like lean in and like start making comments about how you're dressed the same way that's when you have to cut it off right unless they love sake. it unless they love it i mean they yeah, just do whatever they want to do i mean embrace it but like what like how are we still doing that because that was definitely a thing when i was growing up if there were twins they were wearing the exact same thing there was no if ands or buts one more here before we play mark stone brandon and tottenham three and a half year old twins and the five-year-old are all on the same ball hockey tw- and baseball teams, no straight chaos, no super connection on the field yet. So mm. they were working on the uh, Sedine twin. They'll get there. Okay. Uh, we did get a video of the competitive jump rope, so we'll play that for ourselves. But we definitely want to play our interview with Mark Stone, who we chatted with yesterday. Uh, recent Stanley Cup champ, captain of the Vegas Gold Knights. Might have been a little groggy. He might have been a little groggy. Um understandably so. Yeah. It's, it's been, been a long week. a bit of a wild It was a ride. full week of partying. <laughs> and more to come, as we find out in the interview with a, a big wedding this summer. So here's our chat with Mark Stone yesterday. All right. So it's awesome. been about a week and a bit since the cup hangover and a few days, I guess, since the Stanley Cup parade hangover. How are you feeling physically? <laughs> um, you know, it's been a long week. We've been celebrating pretty hard, but... Uh, Reality's starting to set in, and you're starting to realize that you accomplished uh, what you set out to uh, to accomplish at the start of the season, uh, and we get to call ourselves Stanley Cup champions. So it's pretty pretty cool to start uh, looking back at all the memories. I thought you were about to say you had to like you, it was like the ultimate Sunday scaries. Like I got to start working out soon, and I've been partying for a week. <laughs> but no, it's more of a hey, I'm a Stanley Cup champion, and it probably is the coolest thing uh, in the world. So congratulations. Uh, you know, I'll have you look back at the parade for a second because we saw a lot of awesome stuff from the parade. William Carlson, Wild Bill included. What was the best thing you either saw, experienced, or heard from the celebration on the Vegas Strip? So when we started, we kind of were in our parking lot at the rink. We went around back, um, kind of went down the strip. Uh, there were so many people, but once we got to in front of the arena, um, you know, the sun had set, the lights were uh, were going, and when we walked down the uh, uh, the ramp to to celebrate with our fans and just see how many people were actually there, it was uh, it was pretty incredible. Um, one of the coolest uh, coolest feelings I've ever I've ever had uh, going up on stage and, and seeing all our fans. So shutting down the Las Vegas Strip doesn't happen often. I think you might be the first time in a very very long time. I know F1's coming this fall, but just the idea of that being the one of the most iconic strips, uh, pieces of land, most iconic streets in the world, and having 
thousands upon thousands of people embarked to stand out there. Just the idea of going down that strip, what that must have meant for you guys to see the thousands of people that came out to support and specifically a franchise that is still quite new. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think as you're, as you're, as you're on or in the parade, you don't even realize, you know, exactly what had to go, <laughs> uh, or, or go on to make that happen. Um, you know, all the police, um, you know, governor, uh, making it happen and, uh, just making sure that it was a, a good safe space for everybody to just come and celebrate. And, uh, then you kind of, a couple guys got off the bus and you're running down the strip and you realize that, <laughs> you know, nobody's allowed to walk on, <laughs> on these streets, you know? So it was pretty cool. So you guys didn't go with the Oakley shades. You didn't have the full ski masks on when you were celebrating with the champagne in the dressing room after. So I got to ask you, how much does it sting to have champagne in the eyes? When I brought the cup in after the last couple of pictures, and the guys uh, started going off in the parade or going off on uh, with the champagne, uh, definitely stings a bit. But uh, I think my eyes got used to it. They're paying the consequences now, though. Yeah, winning at home versus winning on the road. I know it's not something that you guys did strategically, but just the idea that you did get that moment at home in front of your own fan base. Like, just walk us through what it was like with the the clock counting down and knowing, uh, you know, pretty early in the game, but still having to play out the rest of the game that it was going to happen. It was going to happen in front of your fans and the the idea that you were going to get to celebrate right there at home right afterwards. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, like you said, we would have liked to one three, one four, and uh, you know get it done as quickly as you can. But getting back to Vegas and and playing that game five, um, you know, being in the locker room uh, with a six one lead going into the third period, I think ninety nine percent of my thoughts were, well, you know, we are gonna we were gonna win the Stanley Cup, and the one percent was if we lose this, it's gonna be the biggest debacle, <laughs> uh, in, you know, in in sports. So. But well, I was pretty sure we we had a pretty comfortable win or a pretty comfortable lead. But um, yeah, I think once we hit kind of that last TV timeout, the five minutes, and you could tell that you know the, the play was kind of or both teams were kind of just waiting for the clock to uh, to run out. It was uh, pretty pretty awesome to be on the bench and um, to kind of soak it all in because our fans I don't think sat down from the the fourth goal uh, until the end of the game. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know if it was the perfect like viewing experience when we're at home on on our our couches, but that turned into just a massive party, like an extended drawn out party where everyone could just revel in the moment because you guys won so handedly in that final game. You of course scoring a hat trick, a legendary moment yourself, and you get the honor as the captain to receive the Stanley Cup from Gary Bettman. Uh what was it like throwing that cup over your shoulders for the first time and having your team mob you? Yeah, it was, uh, I didn't know, you know, how I was going to feel. Uh, I didn't know uh, what kind of reaction I was going to have once I finally got to, to hoist the thing. But, my God, was it ever a, uh, an incredible feeling to lift the most iconic, um, you know, trophy in sports. Uh, every time I see it, I, I get goosebumps. Can't believe that, <laughs> you know, I've had the chance to, to pick it over my head as many times as I have in the last week. But that one uh, well, definitely, uh, I'll remember forever being able to pick it up, uh, you know, stare into my teammates' eyes uh, and celebrate uh, to be able to take a lap. And um, honestly, it's 
the handoffs are almost the you know such a the most special part. Being able to give it to one of your teammates who has uh, worked just as hard uh, as you have to and put everything uh, into this game to to get to the ultimate goal. So the decision to hand it off is always something that we're quite interested in. I know there's even betting markets for it, of course, but you get to hand it off um, first to Smith. And I I wonder why you make that decision, what goes into that, if it's premeditated, if it's in the moment, um, when you're like counting down the clock there thinking, I'm getting this trophy and then I got to figure out who to hand it to. What goes into that? Um, Obviously we had six players who have been um, on Mm -hmm. this team uh, since the start. But Riley is the only one who's uh, been a captain on the team for, for the entire time. So um, that was kind of my mind, what, what went through my mind. Um, and then I think, like I said, when those guys, uh, like I said, the handoff is so special. So for those guys to be able to hand it off to each other was, was you know, I think it meant the world to, uh, to us as players. I think it meant the world to the fans. I think it meant the world to the organization. So it was pretty pretty awesome to be able to, uh, do that for uh, for our city. So you've only played for a couple teams, Mark, uh, and I don't want to make this about Ottawa, but I do want to make it exclusively about Vegas. And Vegas is a different team. Vegas conducts itself maybe a little differently than other teams. So in your mind, what makes di- uh, Vegas different? How in six years can this team win while others uh, struggle so mightily just to get to the point where you guys get to? How is Vegas different when you look at Vegas compared to all the other teams fighting for the same thing that you just won? Um, well, I think they've created a, uh, you know, a program, uh, a culture that people want to be a part of. Um, they've made bold decisions. I think in the media they talk about how hard it is to, um, you know, get a number one center, get a number one defenseman, um, and they made some bold decisions to get them, you know, be trading for Jack, signing Petro. Those were, um, you know, I guess uh, pretty bold moves, um, you know, ones that they believed would work but weren't complete guarantees, right? And uh, when you put the team together uh, this one this season, um, I think it was ready to win. It was ready to uh, ready for prime time and, uh, I think that's kind of the difference. But the program that we have here, the way we're treated on a daily, um, it's pretty. It's a pretty special environment uh, to be a part of. And that locker room with with the guys, the coaches, and, and the trainers, it's uh, um, you know it's a pretty tight knit group. Yeah, you mentioned the tough decisions that you have to make, whether it's in the off season or at the trade deadline. But one of them was bringing in Bruce Cassidy as a head coach, and he obviously was the right fit for the squad. You got you guys over the finish line in the end. So, what was it about Cassidy that made him such a great coach and made you guys want to play so hard for him? Well, I think he he realized, you know, I think early on um, that we have a group that loves to have fun, but also knows when to uh, you know when it's time to, to buckle down and play so um, I think he as the season went on uh, kind of fed into that um, there were times where he needed to uh, you know push the button and and get things locked down and then there's times where he um, you know kind of came out of his shell and started uh, you know making joking with the guys and it was uh, it was good I think he he did a good job at understanding the strengths and the weaknesses of our team. 
early, and, and I think that's what led to a lot of the success that we had. We are chatting with Mark Stone, captain of the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. Okay, so most couples have like a rehearsal dinner or something when they want people to get to know each other in their weddings. Uh, You and Matthew Kachuk had a Stanley Cup final to get to know each other a little bit better. Uh, For Brady Kachuk's wedding, of course, you're both groomsmen. Uh, Have you thought of strategies there in terms of uh, (laughs) that being, you know, uh, a smooth sailing at at Brady's wedding? And I guess more seriously, how much of a respect uh, and how much did that respect deepen for Matthew Kachuk after you went to battle over the course of five games? Yeah, I mean, I got great respect not only for, uh, you know, for Brady, uh, but for Matthew um, and and Keith and uh, Chantel. uh, you know, that family's been nothing but good to me. Uh, their sister Karen is uh, one of the nicest, uh, one of the nicest kids I've ever met. Um, just great respect for the entire family. Um, you know, I was, I felt bad. I had so many texts, and um, you know, I missed Matthew's text the uh, the day that we won. He sent me a, a, an awesome text uh, uh, in there. But we're I'm, we're going to be in. Uh, at a bachelor party here for Brady here, uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend. So it's going to be uh, uh, pretty fun to kind of celebrate, uh, uh, celebrate uh, with Brady and, um, you know, we'll still be good friends. Yeah. Just uh, another weekend of partying. So hold in there. Um, wondering about what you think your plans will be when you do get the Stanley cup this summer. I know everybody gets their moment. They get their opportunity to keep the cup for a bit. Have you thought at all into into what you might do with it and, and the special people that you want to share that with? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was lucky enough to take the cup home after the um, after the game on Tuesday. Uh, once we were done uh, done partying, which obviously was quite late, but um, to be able to wake up with it, have my mom, my dad, uh, you know, my brother uh, there, my wife, and and my daughter Scarlett to to have the cup there for. You know, a couple hours uh, when I when I woke up was was one of the cooler things that I've had. So um, I've put definitely put some thought into it. Uh, I definitely want to try and get it to um, some special places. Obviously, the the arena that I uh, took my first strides on at Chief Bodley Arena in Winnipeg. I'd like to get it there. My high school uh, is right beside it. I'd love to take some pictures there. Um, see if some of the staff that are still still working there now um would be able to make that happen and come in and and take some pictures and um you know and then i just want to uh, hopefully you know i guess have as low key evening as i as you can when you have the stanley cup because once that thing gets there it's uh, uh it gets you gets you pretty excited so um hopefully be able to throw a party uh with uh, a lot of my friends and, and family that have helped me along the way I'm sure a party will materialize. Uh, last one for you, Mark, because I know we got to let you go. If not Wild Bill, who was the MVP of the last week of partying with the Vegas Golden Knights? Well, um, I guess I'll say in Vegas, I think the odds makers had Wild Bill at minus 1,000 as the MVP, <laughs> and he definitely <laughs> delivered. So uh, he was uh, every bit as uh, awesome as it looked. Uh, legend says they're still trying to take the mic away from him. Uh, this was a lot of fun, Mark. Uh, congratulations again on the Stanley Cup. Enjoy your time with the Stanley Cup this summer, and best of luck next season. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Mark Stone, Stanley Cup champ, captain of the Las Vegas Golden Knights, recovering and continuing to enjoy. Yeah, more laborious, time. do you think, the last week or like two months of playing in Stanley Cup playoff hockey? <laughs> mm, close. Close. We didn't yeah. ask about his injury. I just felt like it wasn't, you know, we were more celebratory, but yeah. there's been some some stuff about his injury, like he might play forever being injured. So we'll see how the offseason shakes out. Everybody's got Timing is everything with those injuries. Issues. Yeah. We'll just go on LTIR and see you in the playoffs. Um, the twins are, the people with the twins are proud to have twins. I'll tell you that. They're fired up. The twins are awake and in the text line. Um, Kyle raises a good question. My guy, Kyle from Paris. Who has twins with the same sounding names? Are we still doing that? I think that's a really interesting, it's like Brad and Chad. <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't know. Like just Brad me. and Chad. I was thinking like, I don't know, James and Jack or something like that. And okay. you just went straight to the Brad Chad. Because Brad and Chad. If you gets... have two kids named Brad and Chad. I mean, you know, in trouble you know here. they're going to be troublemakers. You like, there's know no, that they're the no jawbreaker kids. Yes, they are. <laughs> they have blue all over their mouths and they're yeah. causing issues everywhere they go. Brad and Chad, if together, a problem. Brad and Chad are from my hometown of Sutton, and- for sure. <laughs> Brad and Chad are out there with their fox racing dirt bikes. We're doing like a like a search where we're just like dwindling it down. And now we need to find the Brad and the Chad. <laughs> if you have two <laughs> sons named Brad and Chad from Sutton we need to hear from on you. a dirt bike, please message it. Yes, they are dirt biking. They're fox 100%. racing, 1,000%. Yeah. They're ripping around the woods. Okay. We're going to do some picks for the Travelers, which is this weekend. Um, Fan X Cup standings. We already know Ailish is crushing it, so I won't. I won't get too deep into right. the numbers. We didn't pick the winner from the U.S. Open. <laughs> Wyndham Clock. Would nobody had him picking um, no. as a champ? But your we guy were, too. I, he's only my guy because I thought his name sounded like every single person I went to Dartmouth with, mm-hmm. <laughs> whose dad was an alumni. The Ivy League is dripping off that guy. That guy is Yale. <laughs> So I don't know. I, that's why I didn't pick him, but I should have. Okay, so one week after Wyndham Clark, we're going to TPC River Highlands. This is a this is an elevated tournament, mm-hmm. twenty mil um, pot. So let's go through some picks. I am up first. I just got to pull it up. Sorry, I was distracted with the twins. Are there any twin golfers I can I can bet? Uh, no. Okay, um, so I'm up first. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is the fave. John Rom, Rory, Patrick Cantlay. It's a, it, there's lots of good players. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to go with Patrick Cantlay for my first selection really? plus 1,100. Yep. Why? Why? Don't worry about it. Okay. I got my reasons. You, it's like you got a soft spot for Patrick Cantlay, who is maybe the most I think, dislikable yeah, guy because on I tour. Want, I want the, the evil empire to win. Okay. Uh, you know I have to big game hunt because yeah. I'm way, 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 way behind. I wish this was a better number. I'm going Tom Kim. Oh, my number one, okay. 35 to one. I'm going to be ha- hanging out in this range. I don't think you're going to get involved in this range. I like Tom Kim this week, 35 to one. Um, okay. Siwoo Kim. Oh, that was my next one. Yes. I went with him. Yes. Uh, what was him? Plus five, uh, oh, 40 to one. So I'm taking him 41. I'm, I'm just want to crush you. So no problem here. Okay. Siwoo S- Kim. Sahith Tigala. Your guy again. My guy. And I still can't say the name perfectly. I should be able to. Tigala 55 to one is my next pick. Okay. I am going to go with, ooh, um, you know what? I'll just, I'll, I'll take Scotty Scheffler again. I, we're not going to leave the best player in golf off the board every time, and I could afford a plus 650. And so. If I were you, I'd be t- taking the top five on the board. Yeah, might as well. I don't need to get creative here. Uh, I'm going Minwoo Lee, 66 to 1, my guy. I'm going to be there when one of these guys wins. The Gala and Minwoo Lee are my guys. Got to have them both. Um, how much? Long, how many more do I have? Two more? Yep. 
Um, should I just run the gauntlet up here? Whatever you want to do. Uh, give me Victor Hovland again. I love that kid. Okay. 18 to 1? Yeah. I am going with Harris English. Good performance at the U.S. Open. Oh, yes. I'll go 66 to 1 Harris English. Okay. Um, I don't like John Rahm. Give me... Why don't you like John Rahm? You like Patrick Cantley? You don't like Give John me Rahm? Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> okay. Because all we've right. been talking about Fleetwood Mac all day, and uh-huh. I honestly think there's a there's a karma that you didn't even know who Stevie Nicks Tim was. Fleetwood. So give me Tommy Fleetwood. Still doesn't make sense that the drummer is the namesake of the band. We don't have time. Uh, my last pick, I will go, right? Last pick? Yes. I'll go Russell Henley, 35 to 1. Seen a lot of buzz about him this week. I'm not really sure why, but I will trust people smarter than me. I've been seeing lots of, um, you don't have any picks left, but Keegan Bradley buzz online. I don't get the Keegan Bradley I don't Bradley get buzz. it, but that, that's a free pick. And Abraham answer. He's the live guy. What are you I, talking about? I, he's not in this? Shouldn't be. No. I saw his name like online. Maybe it was for last weekend. It's fake news. Uh, one Canadian each? Yes. Let's just do one. Okay. Uh, you're up first. Who's top? Um, probably Corey Connors. Uh, no, I want uh, I want Adam Hadwin if he's playing. Okay, uh, you're gonna have to find that out for he sure. He is not. Um, Corey Connors. You taking Corey? I'll take Corey Connors plus six thousand. Okay, I'll take Svensson because he's my guy. He is two hundred to one. Okay, I've got Cantley, Scheffler, Siwoo Kim, Victor Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood, and Corey Connors. I have Tom Kim, Minwoo Lee, Harris English, Russell Henley. Sahith Gala and my guy, Adam Svensson. Okay, best of luck to you. Tease off tomorrow morning. Uh, it's a big weekend. You got some good odds to get back in the race here, so I wish you luck. Thank you. Uh, we have a guest here. We studio. do. Do you know how to get on here? Here, let's, let me help you out here. He's got it. Hello. I got it. Please introduce yourself to the world. It's, uh, it's Alain Cavion, really French name, from Timmins, Ontario. Wait, Tim, I don't, Timmins. <laughs> I don't even know why I've said it at all because that was, that was I cannot say good. I say Alan. I, it's not. Say it one more time. Just to simplify, you can just call me Al. That's Al. easier. So Al. our Al. our lovely intern Al, yeah. we're like, get on here and tell the world about yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, pretty easy. Uh, college student, second time around, uh, going through some adversity in uh, the earlier days of my media career. I guess why? you can say. Why? I didn't know that. Why? What happened? Well, I got laid off a yeah. couple of times. The and pandemic, then, yeah, okay. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, pandemic yeah. didn't, didn't work out, but uh, didn't quit. Goal was to end up here at 590 The Fan, and here we are, baby. Here we are. We're Beautiful. talking. You're sitting in the yeah. seat with us. That's fun. Uh, so you were, you're with us this week. You were with us last week. Yep. You were with some of the other shows. Uh, favorite show to work on? Come on. Ooh, I, it has to be you guys. You can remove us from the answer. No, it's, it's got to no, be. No, no, no. I just wanted to say us. <laughs> it, it is you guys because, like, I mean, t- in terms of production, uh, I feel like I've been able to help out, like, a little bit more in, in certain areas with this show rather than uh, other shows. But, I mean, I was still kind of getting my feet wet, mm-hmm. whereas now I'm, like, really deep into it. I find, like, I'm, you know, the clips you guys are, are hearing, you know, that's... Yeah, he's crushing. He yeah. bleeped out. I bleeped out John, John Schneider. Schneider clip. Wow. And you, did, you know what? That's a high risk thing to put you in. If you that's mess like, that up, we'd be big, in trouble. That was the most important like It was uh, the first thing we played on the day. radio today. And yeah. If, yeah. if you had let one of those go, we'd be we'd be wearing it. And we wouldn't have put you in, thrown you under the bus. I probably wouldn't be in this room right now anymore either. That would have been, no, that been it. There's zero chance. <laughs> uh, you're, lucky, you're lucky, though, on this show because you got Josh and Danielle yes. who have been showing you the yes. ropes the last couple Weeks uh, and they do a terrific job every day, so uh, it's uh, it's worked out nice. Okay, so Timmins, yeah, not not a Hamlet, Timmons. but it's a it's a. You und- should have a Timmins off it's, right now. Okay, you two. no, 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 undiscovered. Jeez. Let's say I've been to Timmins. We talked about yep. this. Been to their beautiful one room airport, which like is just kind of like a waiting room. But what's the best thing about Timmins? 
best thing about Timmins, I'd say the outdoor life. That's stunning. in terms even winter. Okay, winters are super cold, first of all, but I definitely say like winter or summer, like if you like the outdoors and you like being out in the woods, mm-hmm. you know, camping, that kind of thing, like that's your that's your kind of city, right? Like right there, if you if you like to do that. Cause other you can go through Timmins in about an hour mm-hmm. and then that's it. Like, and and you, uh, you know, the only Timmins knowledge I had was Shania Twain, and you immediately shut me down saying, yeah, you know, Shania and Timmins not necessarily a thing anymore. Uh, why no, was that? I mean, well, so they had uh, her Shania Twain Center they, that they had there for years. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was there when I was younger, she actually came to town when I was like three years old. I still somehow remember that. I think it was, it was really cold, really mm-hmm. cold that day. Isn't Anyways, it always cold? No. The summer's they don't have nice. summer in Timmins, apparently. It's just igloos. I mean, if wow. you look at northern Ontario right now, like, the fire ban's crazy. Like, yeah. the, all the smoke that's been coming to Toronto. Yeah, you can thank some of northern Ontario for that. <laughs> Thanks, Al. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyways, and then a few years ago, they tore the center down because, well, uh, Shania Twain wasn't really seen anymore. I think the last time she was in town mm. might have been 2010, where it was confirmed, at least, anyways, mm. for an under-17 <laughs> challenge oh. for hockey. Yeah. Oh, so she doesn't her. come around much. No. So now... She's it's, big league Timmins. Yeah. So now it's an open pit. They mine uh, where the center was. They tore it down. It's wow. a gigantic really? open hole. No wonder she doesn't want to go there. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's I a bit it. harsh, no? Well, a little bit. But I mean, hey, like it's, they found gold and uh, it's a big mining town, right? So mm-hmm. they okay. have to well, do what they got to do to keep right? the city, keep the city running, right? City with a heart of gold. That's actually the saying. There you go. Shout out Timmins. You got, you just got trademarked on 590 the fan. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, if there's gold underneath, I mean, a, a pretty, pretty good reason to dig it up. Yeah. Um, speak of Shania Twain. She's here this weekend, back to back concerts at Bud Stage. Do you guess, have a Do you have going. an in uh, for like Timmins discount tickets? Because the lawns are like two fifty. I thought you were locked in. Yep. Yeah, uh, do I have an in on yeah. discount? No. Can, if I message her and said okay. my buddy from Timmins no. on no, the I mean, show says no. that he knows you she's from actually, when he was three, she's actually not going to let anyone from Timmins into the venue. Apparently. I shouldn't mention Timmins at all. Actually, she also. I just thought of that now. I can't believe I missed that. Oh, that was big. Twenty ten Olympics. She came to Timmins with the torch. She ran through oh, Timmins cool. with the okay. Olympic torch. And then that was, in, that's actually that's still it, eh? in the airport. I don't know if you saw it. I did see it. Okay, yeah. So the torch is there at the airport. That's about, a nice move from her. Yeah. So that was around, yeah. So 2010 was like the Shania Twain year for Timmins. And then, then she went to Vegas <sighs> and she stayed in Vegas. Which, the, bri- the bright lights of, yeah. of Vegas. I don't see Ottawa just turning its back on Mark Stone. You're right. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you jumping on, buddy. You'll be here for the rest of the week. Maybe we'll get you on uh, a little feel-good Friday, okay? Sweet. Just don't Sounds go good. anywhere. Oh. I hope you're learning a lot. I am. Thank you. I am. Get in the, you can... it's, it's, Ailish is very concerned with how much you're learning, so just... No, it, I just want to make sure he's getting the most... I want to be helpful. Okay. I there... was an intern once, and it's you want to want them to have uh, the best course. experience of course. ever. Of course. There is not one day where I've been here so far where I've walked out of here, and I've been like, well, today was a bust. Oh, no, like I, I'm, I'm like a sponge. I'm soaking it all in. I you have that. nothing to worry about. Okay, yeah, you're good. good. You're okay. good. Okay, well, we appreciate it. A uh, couple more days with our buddy Al. Before we break, we got to give away tickets. We do. To your favorite band. Quickly. Billy Talent coming to Bud Stage on July 8th with special guest Cypress Hill, Cancer Bats, and the OBGMs. And we're giving away tickets all week long. To enter, just tune into us on the Fan Morning Show and listen to fit the daily code word. Text it into 59590. Today's code word is try honesty. Try honesty to 595.90 right now for your chance to win. If you don't win with us, make sure to visit ticketmaster.ca to secure your tickets. Try space honesty. Not honestly, honesty, because the text line struggles with these, and I want you to win Billy Talent tickets. Try space honesty. There you go.
Best of luck. John Morosi after the break.